GG Poker is the biggest online poker site and they have more players than any other on the internet. Why play anywhere else? They have a wide range of games and unique features that you just can't find on any other site. GG Poker run huge tournaments with big prize pools and they hold the record for the biggest ever prize pool on an online poker tournament. There are games for all players at all skill levels, whether you're new to poker or a seasoned pro, including cash games and exciting tournaments like Bounty Hunters and Sunday Majors. GG Poker offer popular games like Texas Hold'em and Omaha to unique games like All In or Fold and Spin and Gold. New players that make their first deposit get £60 in free play, 18+, plus. new UK players only, minimum deposit is £10, full terms and conditions apply, begambleaware.org and please play responsibly. AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high quality ingredients and what that means is each morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink AG1 to set me up for the day. It keeps me clear-headed, full of energy and focused on whatever I need to do, like writing a fighting cock for example. One scoop, once a day, before breakfast and that's it. I've actually found that I've not been needing coffee in the morning to get me started. I've still been drinking coffee because I love coffee but it's not because it's like a necessity to do so. AG1 is made out of the highest quality ingredients subject to the strictest manufacturing standards. AG1 is NSF certified for sport and this process involves exhaustive testing and verification that every serving of AG1 is exactly what you see on the label. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started. And to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. E-commerce merchants, does consistent monthly growth while hitting ROI goals sound good? Here at Adroll, our customers constantly let us know it feels good. Adroll helps you attract new customers and bring shoppers back to finish the sale. Integrate your e-commerce store with AdRoll and manage display, social media, and native advertising all in one place. Sounds good, right? See the difference. Visit AdRoll.com to get started today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. 
podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's episode 58, season 8 of the Fighting Cock Podcast. I'm Flav, and today I'm joined by Kat from The Trust. How are you doing, Kat? That's I'm all right, actually, Flair. Yeah? Yeah, just, just about surviving, mate. And Martin, also of the trust. Both co-chairs, right? Yes. Yeah. Not oh, paid. Well, well, really? Unpaid. Unpaid, yeah. Kind of co-chairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we go. There's a coup going on already. Good to be back anyway. It was nice to see you, Flav. Uh, I, I thought it was a good time to speak to you guys, because it's been a while, and uh, obviously the new stadium is finally open. The last time we spoke, I think it was around December. There's a new stadium? Yeah. <laughs> I think the last time we spoke was about December, and we were kind of making up dates that we were going to move in that were based on zero fact. Um, I think it's a bit earlier than that. I think was it? it was about October time, but yeah. Mm. We were definitely making up stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Today was the day that uh, season t- uh, tickets went on sale. Uh, actually, they went on sale yesterday to... They're not called bronze members anymore. No, they're not. They're called so one the One Hotspur Plus. Right. That's your old bronze. How many of them do you know? Thousands of them. Right. Um, I think if you go on to the ticketing section of the Flash New Spurs website that's very flash and nobody can navigate, mm. if you go on to the ticketing section, you'll find ticketing points. And if you go on ticketing points, you'll find the ticketing points table. And if you bother to get a calculator and add up how many One Hotspur members in total mm. there are in each of those separate points brackets that'll tell you the totality of the one Hotspur membership base if you're that bored so I think it's about I don't know 160,000 or so but we've never had a breakdown of how many are actually old bronze, bronze in old money so mm. the plus and how many are just your your lily whites so your one Hotspur full stop members but there was some indication today it might be roughly a 50-50 split but it's this club's database, mm. so I can't be more specific than that. I was on at 10 a.m. yesterday, 10 a.m. this morning, and didn't get a sniff. Are you going to kill me? Get, no, I don't. Are you going to shout at me? Well, I'm, we're going to find out in this podcast if it's your fault, I think. Cause, <laughs> so uh, I just get my coat now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, didn't get a sniff, didn't get anywhere near it. Uh, but my brother eventually got on and it was sold out. And I, I, I weren't surprised, obviously. First game back at the season's first competitive game. Mm. Um, and I knew that there would be an issue, and I knew the chances of me getting a ticket were very slim. Um, my brothers, all five of them, not the happiest bunnies at the moment, and um, they think that it should have been the ticket should have been um, allocated differently than the way the club. Right. How do they think they should have been allocated? They think because of the magnitude of the game, mm-hmm. it should have been done on loyalty points. Okay. So is that because they've got quite a few loyalty points? Yes, because it benefits them. Uh, yeah, exactly right. Directly. So that, you, you know what I'm going to say here. So the best system is always the system that benefits you the most. Yeah. Uh, Martin and I... But, um, but I would, what I would say, that, to caveat that, would mm. be that it would be rewarding the people that have been most loyal. Maybe. But here's where the club has got an issue. Yeah. Because if they were going to do that, they're effectively blocking out the thousands of members who have joined 
in the last, I don't know, however many years, three years, yeah. which have, and there have been quite significant you know, amount of movement over the past two to three seasons. If you don't say at the start of that sales process that we're going to block off access to games in our new stadium to anybody apart from the top 10,000 or 15,000, yeah. you're not going to sell any memberships. And that's a bit of an issue for the club and their proposition. Because also, it's yeah. It's because more, it's more financially beneficial to have as many members as possible. Of course it even is. It and it's be- better for their brand, better for their global awareness. So it's very tricky. You know, we've, we've been asking them to define their membership proposition for a good long while now. Because if you've got 165 mem- members, 165,000 members, and only 10,000 or so tickets per game, not everyone's going to get a ticket. So there needs to be another another reason why people are signing up as members, and we'd like to know what that is, really. Mm. So, I mean, the, the, I was laughing when you said about balloting by points, because that's something that the Trust pushed for at the last season at White Hart Lane. So all the Category A games in that last final season at White Hart Lane were done by loyalty points. I remember that. And at the time, the whole ballot thing was an absolute just shitstorm mm. for an entire season the abuse that we took the abuse that the club took lives long in memories we're a bit elephant like um, th- that is not something that the club would look to go back to they would also argue that there were as many downsides with doing things by points or ballots as there are by an online sale so for example every time we did a, a ballot people weren't happy with where they were sitting I want to be West Upper mm. I want to be in the part lane lower Etc. Just no, and it it was it was really difficult. It was a difficult time for all of us, and our learning was we're not doing ballots. Mm. So you know you can't whinge about something Mm. for Mm. nine months and then whinge when it's not happening again. Yeah, the the lower point thing does sound like you know if you kind of come to it, it it sounds like well that that would have been the fairest way. It would have uh, it would have rewarded people that had sort of you know been with the club for longest and been going to games as well. But you then also have the same argument that you get. With the away tickets now, people go, well, yeah, but then that makes it a bit of a close shot. Mm. How are you supposed to get new people in there as well? And because there's going to be a lot more people who are saying, well, I can't get a ticket and it's a close shot for those few people that can. And, you know, if I'm a newer fan, am I supposed to get in there? Am I supposed to be encouraged? Then you're always going to get more people who are unhappy with that as well. So, you know, I do see the logic of the argument for loyalty points, but it still wouldn't have suited most people. Most people still wouldn't have got a ticket. When, when you're kind of talking to the club about this kind of stuff, yeah. uh, you need to adopt a position that you think the majority of your members of the trust mm-hmm. want. How, how do you, in terms of like how the new stadium is going to be ticketed or whether or not it should have been loyalty points at Palace, mm-hmm. how do you take a particular... Um, uh, argument or how do you choose the right one that you consider to be right is it a kind of poll is it how do you gauge I I think that you're probably giving the club a little bit too much credit as to how much they're actually consulting us at the moment because there's been a decided downward turn in the amount of communication and dialogue between the trust and the club on all things ticketing and that is not necessarily the ticket office's fault because they're absolutely Mm. swamped um but particularly over overarching policy we've been cut out of discussions which is not a good place to be in Mm -hmm. and that's something that we're incredibly unhappy about so in terms of a consultation over whether we should uh, ticket it this way or that way that isn't happening at the moment and that's not just to make ourselves kind of feel important either because the the, the issue is that that, you know the the people that work in ticketing understand how the the system works and a lot of people that work in ticketing are fans as well uh, and they'll get all of that Um, I think (laughs) 
to try and be polite about it, a, a, a lot of the, the board, the executive board of the club, they kind of get the overarching policy side of it all, but in terms of the detail of how things work, they don't really understand it because it doesn't really affect them. And one of the reasons that we want to have the conversation is to say actually that there's some detail here. And what they've said to us uh, pretty much is, look, we know what your view is. Basically, you always want cheaper tickets. So we've taken that on board. More we've often than cheaper you. tickets. Mm-hmm. You know, we've consulted you because we know what your view is, and that's it. So now we're just going to get on with doing what we want, and we know that you're not going to like the pricing, and that's it. The pricing's a big issue for us, but there's also a lot of the detail, which yeah. we're talking about at the moment as well. And sometimes, you know, we've had discussions, and we've realised, actually, the board, that they actually don't get this bit of, of the detail at all. They don't get why there's a, there's a big issue with this as well. I so. guess there's a bit of ma- uh, micro and macro management yeah. going on there as well. Um... Uh, we, we've we been doing this I've been doing this for six years now and ticketing is incredibly detailed and there is an awful lot of nuance and there's an every action has a reaction and a consequence and when you've been doing it at the level that I've personally been doing at for six years you can see what the pros and cons are and you can see trouble coming down the line so it really helps when the ticket office do consult with you on should we do it this way should we do it that way because you're not just a lay fan in that term because mm. you've had access to an awful lot of information that your average fan on the street wouldn't have and you've paid a lot more attention to what's happened because it's had a consequence for you so i think we are in a good position to make that judgment call um we also obviously across the board there's 10 of us and I think there may all be season ticket holders now, but that wasn't the case. It's purely because a couple of seasons ago they opened up an extra 22,000 season tickets mm. and basically anyone down to a six-month baby on that bronze membership list was offered a season ticket. Yeah. So we've got certainly got season ticket holders who are in their first two years who can't access away tickets, wouldn't be guaranteed a ticket to a cup final or whatever. Mm. So you know, I think there's a misconception that we're all home and away season ticket holders. We're all sat there on ivory towers and we're looking after ourselves because that's certainly not the case. But we can see it from... All different points of views. You know, we have one Hotspur members, one Hotspur Plus members. We have official supporters clubs. We have season ticket holders. We have platinum season ticket holders who are all members of the trust. So we know everyone's point of view. So I think we're in a good position centrally to make that impartial judgment. We've always judgment. to make ourselves available. I mean, you know, things like this help as well. People contact us on social media, but also at matches. You know, we, a lot of the time at matches, you know, we just spend most of the time people come up and buttonhole us as well. Mm. So we know what the opinions are out there. And I think, you know, it's again back, back to that, you know, that loyalty points argument. If you just ask the general question of most Spurs fans, do you think that away tickets should be allocated on the basis of loyalty? They go, yeah, that seems fair enough. Then when you start looking at the detail of what that means, then people go, ooh, you know, I'm not all that sure. Mm. Uh, and we've had people who've contacted us who've, who've argued simultaneously that the current system is unfair, but it should be based on loyalty. Well, yeah. actually, the current system is based on loyalty. You know, so the problem is there's not enough really, tickets. If you really want to go away, you can find a way. Like... Twitter's a glorious thing. You can you be able to get a ticket to the vast majority of away games if you really wanted to go. I think you could find someone well, who give you their ticket. I know you can't officially say you're not allowed to do that, but the fact I'm, is not, you, I'm not sure. If you look at the numbers, look, you know we, we've got forty two thousand season ticket holders and we've got eight thousand premium ticket holders. That's yeah. fifty thousand people, right? Who you would say because they they go regularly, mm. they'd probably be quite interested in getting an away ticket. There's three thousand away tickets tops for most games in the Premier League. No, sure, but I, don't, stuck I don't. I don't mean get one legitimately. I mean like, yeah, no, 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 but but <laughs> even like that, there's going to be a limited amount of tickets that are available illegitimately. You know, and again, you know, this idea that most season ticket holders buy the tickets and then sell them on. 
Uh, and if they're selling them on for every game, I'm not quite sure what game they're saving the points for, you know, which is another argument. But I think that you know, the vast majority of people that apply for away tickets use those tickets to go and watch the team. You said 42,000 season ticket yes. holders and 9,000 premium. Yeah, I think it's actually that... worth just pausing just to break down the maths here because yeah. we have been asked. I mean, the Twitter feed's been slightly busy mm. over the last couple of days. I uh, just, a, just a few notifications popping up. Um, just to break down those figures so members especially can understand where their ticket numbers are coming from. So we've now, we used to have 18,500 season ticket holders in Old White Hart Lane. That went up to 42,000 season ticket mm. holders when we moved to Wembley. So we've got 42,000 general admission GA season ticket holders. We've then got 8,000 premium season ticket holders. So 42 plus 8. Plus 8, yeah. And that went up from your 3,000 executive and corporate memberships that you had so in White Hart Lane. There's 50,000 season, 50, season ticket holders. You are bound to provide a minimum of 3,000 away seats for a league game. Uh, and then it's 5% of your stadium capacity for any UEFA game. Right. It's 10% in the League Cup and it's 15% in the FA Cup. Okay. Yeah. So if you add those maths up on the basic numbers, it comes to fifty-three thousand on a sixty-two thousand seater stadium. So the absolute maximum you're ever going to have available at primary sale point mm. is nine thousand. But obviously that comes down because there's seat kill for segregation lines. Yeah. There'll be um, partner, staff, player sponsor allocations coming out of that as well so what the club are doing for the opening few games is they're saying 7,000 for members to give themselves some tuck but when they're confident that everything's working at an optimal level on an absolute full capacity you may well see that go up to near a 9,000 so what what I'm saying for the Palace game is there is a chance that they'll release some more before the game yeah. just see how, how things go operationally they should have built it bigger they shouldn't have sold so many season tickets, which is an argument that we've had consistently with them over the past two okay, years, if not more than that. They do. Why wouldn't they? They can sell it. It's because for me, the match day, the match day sales and the season ticket ratio is a finely tuned balance, and it needs to be right because you have to, whilst you've got your season ticket holders in situ, and season ticket revenue is the only one the banks pay any attention to, mm. which I think is pretty key to flag at this point in time. While you've got those there, you've got to be kind of. It's like your pipeline if you're running. A business you've got to be bringing up the next generation of fans through your pipeline and you do that by getting them to games by letting them go to the occasional match if you've completely blocked it out like West Ham did over at the London Stadium how are you going to filter through to your next generation what happens to the families who can't afford all the season tickets at the new prices you just can't I've ever got, go to a single match I've got an answer for that yes mate they're not going to be here in five ten years so they don't care Enoch yeah well, in our last, and I'm probably speaking out of turn, but in our last board meeting with them a couple of weeks ago, obviously we asked that question. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, I didn't get the impression that they were they were off anytime soon. I mm. think what they have to say, because of the way the business is set up, is that if they get an offer, they're duty-bound to listen to it because they're still shareholders, even though most of the shareholders are um, mm. Joe and, and Daniel, whatever. But I didn't get the impression that they were looking to go anywhere. And if you think about it, they've spent all this time trying to get into the new stadium. The team, fingers crossed, is on the brink of something great. Why would you want to go now? Uh, I, well, I mean, I mean, I presume that they've built the stadium. There's a kind of finite level of income or revenue that they can create from what Tottenham is currently. And the next person that comes in needs to be kind of glory driven rather than profit driven. Because how are they get? It's going to be such an expensive purchase. Yes. Uh, how, where's the margin in buying a club the size of Tottenham now? Mm. It's hard. How are we going to grow yeah. any bigger? Are we, you know, if we there's a ceiling somewhere. 
I think we might have hit it well, globally. There is. You could argue that we're competing with clubs that are owned by countries yeah. at the moment as well. So you can almost say like that's sort of game over, really. I mean, mm. that's a great pity. Either. If City win the quadruple this year, everyone's going to go, all right, so what? Yeah. Cool. You know? <laughs> and that, that's the great pity with what's happened to the game. But that's also where, you know, where we are at the moment. Um, I, I, look, I've, it might not be popular that, that the view that I've got and I'm not you know a, a massive well according to some people we're all leave you happy clippers and other people we're always negative all the time mm. I've always had the impression that our board and, and Daniel Levy in particular they do get what the club's about they do get wanting Spurs to be successful they get it in a different way and they've got different ideas about how they should go along the route on there but I think that they do actually care about winning something getting a bit of glory yeah. and making a name for themselves yeah, leaving yeah, a legacy behind I think if you look at what's happened in the stadium and the way they, way they put that, that together they didn't have to make it so complicated they didn't have to get it as no. and, and there's an right. argument that maybe they shouldn't have done but actually we, you know, we, the feedback yeah. I've, I've never seen such a positive day but what I'm saying from is the feedback that yeah, we had at the, I mean, that, the game at the weekend it was amazing just, I didn't go but just, just to kind of looking at the pictures I was blown away by it yeah. And it, is, it is incredible. Yeah, and, and the, the detail that they've gone to, like whereas Arsenal built this kind of a denticate stadium, same mm. as Benfica's, I think. Yeah. No. Yes, it really is actually when you're in there. You're it's like, identical. shit, I've been here before. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And it isn't a great stadium. It's big, but it's not, it's not great. It's fit for purpose for them, but they had to go about, I think he called it the arsenalification mm. of the building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas you, from, from, from what, go, what it looks like inside. Mm. Yeah. It feels like they've already done I it, think and the detail yeah. they've gone to shows it feels it. like home. And a yeah. lot of people, I mean, there's a little anecdote. Did it feel, that, feel like White Hart Lane? Did it feel yes. like you were at White Hart Lane? It did a bit, yeah. It, and there's like something I was steroid. talking to, um, you know, one of the guys that, that, that follows us on uh, on Twitter and follows you as well, um, Kev Breslin, and maybe mm. in the shelf bar in the East Stand, and we had a pint. And, uh, Which can I also oh, just oh. pause you and say serves premium vodka? Oh yeah, well, and you're mixers. made up. Yeah, you're made up on that now. Yeah. But they've like got Amstel for the four quid, and for four quid, Heineken Zero, Heineken, 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 yeah. Heineken, Heineken yeah. Zero as well. Yeah. All your Beaver Town stuff, the but yeah, Town actually doing five, spirits, and spirits quid, and premium yeah. spirits in a football ground in a non-corporate section. How quick I've did never they? How quick did they serve it? Uh, pretty quickly. Yeah. This was after the game that we yeah, went over yeah. there. So those are great scenes as well, aren't they? After the game, everyone on that concourse. I feel like that was good. Yeah, feels like after a big result, that's going to be exactly huge. That's when we beat City. That's going to be working. I was just going to rewind back and say about the Spursification of the stadium. I think that's one of the big plus points with the overrun. Because if we had opened in September, they'd have let all that go and they'd have done it piecemeal mm. as the months mm. progressed and yeah. during the week when we weren't playing a match. But because they've had all that extra time, they they maximised yeah. that yeah. time to make sure that things like the programme wall and, and you know mm. the picture of Bill Nick and the gates and everything, yeah. that all of that was done. in place for it's us. those little things to, that are going to yeah. make a difference. Like and and it's those kept, things that take your breath away. I looked you over at the picture that was opposite the shelf on it. It's a picture of, of I think it's Greaves was in, was in the in the area, black and white picture, and there's a shelf in the background. And he said to me, see that pillar over there? That's where I used to stand when I first started coming in the late right. 60s. And it's just little things like that that, that make it, yeah, people go, this is ours, you know. Is there any, they've done a really good job. Is there any truth, as far as you know, in the sabotage by workmen who support other clubs? Uh, I've probably been told this by the same person that you were told this. I was told this at uh, Dusseldorf Airport on the way back to Dortmund that all of the rival teams have like put like Arsenal figurines and West Ham, God knows what else, in the the lift shafts. Oh, I don't know about that. I just know that you know if you went into the foundations there, there will be Chelsea stuff. I'd be surprised if there wasn't a bit of graffiti. But I spent the other thing this week. Everyone's been saying, oh, you know, all these other fans having to go at our stadium. You know, they're just and it's like, well, I don't ever remember us going. Arsenal at this great new stadium. No, no, I understand. 
be lovely. Yeah, we tweeted about uh, Arsenal and West Ham fans having the pop at the stadium and then, you know, you have to go back to your shit holes. But, which is true. Yeah, it is. I mean, like, <laughs> let's, let's get this straight. Like, yeah. If you look at what we've got in the London yeah. Stadium, which is, I mean, I know that yeah. they're going to yeah. raise it to the ground and rebuild it, but it's uncomparable. I mean, I think yes. we probably do have the best stadium in the world. I agree with you. I've but, never seen anything quite like it. Right. So, um, it, I, I'd expect that and I actually enjoy it. It's yeah, great yeah, thing yeah. because we, for once, can go back and But go, I would love to see the away end because I really hope that we've put as much, I can't say we wouldn't have, but put as much effort into the away end because I want those away fans to what, come to, to our ground. Stuff? And, well, well, not necessarily, you know, all the Spurs memorabilia, but that it's done to just as high standard and the facilities are just as good. Because I want every away fan to go away going, you know what, that is the best stadium in the I country. I don't. I want them to like to be on even steps. No, you're so like, mean. <laughs> like, just poured concrete. No. They have to have the old bar, like the Carlsberg 4.7. Four pounds seventy. <laughs> Fuck them. But in terms of feeling experience. like White Hart Lane, absolutely, because yeah. it is on exactly the same site. Mm. So the great thing about it is, as much as the stadium's completely transformed and it's state of the art and it's magnificent, you've still got the brickies with yeah. a sticky carpet, mm. you've, and like absolutely outrageous toilets in the Bell and Hair. They have done nothing to upgrade in the whole time that we've been yeah. away. Yeah. You know, so you've got all your mm. Tottenham chic. Do you, do you want to talk about that? On the high road still. Uh, where are you at with the kind of. They've created a um, kind of day. The, 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 the kind of, your whole day is planned by the stadium. Whereas the kind of. The traditional culture in England is to go to the pubs beforehand, no matter how bad they are around mm. Spurs, and kind of have a few beers and then go to the game late. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to change. Because it's pricing of the, as well. I think. I think it's pricing. It's I cheaper in the stadium than yeah. it is in the yeah. And it looks nice. Yeah. I think bits of it will. But there's, there's, there's 60,000 fans going to be going to a capacity game there as well. So, mm. And you know the capacity in that marketplace in the South Stand for afterwards is about 3,500 as well. So I, I think there's still going to be people it, yeah. going to the pubs. And actually. Can you smoke, smoke in the stadium? Sorry. No, 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 that's what I was going to say. I, um, I was a, a very avid and dedicated proper smoker uh, until August when I stopped. Uh, and if I'd still been smoking, I would have been going to the pubs because I wouldn't, I, I physically couldn't be in the stadium yeah. for six hours without a fag. Oh, and you can't go in and out, and there's a no, no smoking anywhere. But once you once you don't have that mm. as a barrier, then yeah, it's super what tempting about the to be walk? there. Can you go and smoke up there? Whatever you want, so no. You imagine that, like two hundred yeah. Spurs fans on the skywalk, just <laughs> leaning over in a pitch, going, "Quite, that's all right." Unfortunately, not. No, mm. completely non-smoking. That's a, but that's me, a good point. That's a massive. Like, that, I, know, I get it. I, I completely get it. And it's ridiculous that your addiction can stop you from enjoying the stadium. There's a lot of work, and, no. hard work into it. But I'm I'd, I'd with you. No, I was yeah. a classic going in at quickly, five yeah. to three and yeah. leaving bang on yeah. final whistle. Well, that's why we went to grounds where they let you out the away end and you have a quick fag as the inside. They were immense. Those ones, yeah, they were good. But, but, but I, 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 I'm not slight. sure that there will be that impact on the business around there uh, because because I, th- I think there are plenty of people to go around. A lot of people will still want to go to the pubs anyway. I think it may be that people have to go in a little bit earlier and they might stay a little bit later. Mm. Um, but there's still going to be plenty of, of custom for a lot of those pubs. Yeah, but it doesn't help. You know, the, the, much as we supported the local businesses, it does really get on your tits. To, <laughs> to be honest about it, when you think, well. You know, we have an Amstel for four pound a pint yeah. uh, in the Spurs Stadium. Decent uh, beer be- as well. Yeah, Beaver Town, Neck Oil, five a pint. Go over to the Bell and Air, Pint of Foster's, five pound fifty. They put the prices up. And you think, well, it's is, got to is go it really? Ways. Yeah, they put the prices up. You've got to go both ways. Yeah, it's a five last year. I'm not sure they understand. So hold on a minute. You know, it, it wasn't an incredible experience as it is. The Bell and Air. The Bell and Air. Like, I know there's got a lot of work going into <laughs> it, but 
I kind of fucking put keys in my guitars and the yeah. DJs and like. Yeah, they had a live band in there on Sunday night, yeah. didn't they? After yeah. the test event. Yeah. But if that's their answer to the stadium, a live band. If, I mean, the toilet's still blocked and it's still yeah. not a great experience. Um, <laughs> is that, there's an issue around resetting, isn't there? The second, because yeah, there is, to... mate. There is. So I'll, I'll, we'll rewind. When I said there's about seven to nine thousand tickets available at primary sales point for members, mm. this is. Um, there's then your resale facility that kicks in. Now, you and I will remember the joyous days of StubHub, oh, yeah. where we came together to form the Stop StubHub Coalition, mm. uh, and luckily the club disassociated themselves and ended that partnership with them a couple of seasons ago. So what they have now done is introduced an in-house ticket exchange that was meant to work at Wembley, but obviously never did, because you need to sell out a game before it kicks in. Yeah, and slightly difficult over at Wembley this will be operational in the next 24 to 48 hours okay. so any one of your 42,000 season ticket holders who can't make Palace we'll use that as the example will be able to list their ticket on the ticket exchange it's only available for sale at face value Good. so it can't go above that it, the, the season ticket holder does not set the price it's face value any member, and you have to be a One Hotspur member or a One Hotspur Plus member, can go onto that exchange and purchase a ticket from there. There is a £7.50 admin charge. Don't kill me. We It was going to be 10 quid originally, I think. Yeah, we managed to batter them down to £7.50. I'm still trying you to get a... F- <laughs> I'm still waiting for a breakdown as to what exactly that comprises. But there's no additional booking fees and there's no additional PMP or anything after that. Could it, so. be, could it be that it might take an hour of some kids... Time maybe, mate. To Let's be generous to process it. Yeah, but there's, there's going to be a staff resource, there's going to be a system resource as well. Whether yeah, it's right. seven pounds fifty, you can, you know, have the yeah. Um, so that, that's another chance to buy tickets. And obviously, uh, there are going to be a fair few of the 42,000 season ticket holders who can't make any game. The club have then also introduced something called Ticket Share, which is where, as a season ticket holder, I can gift my ticket to someone else on my network right so there's no money changing hands here it's like literally Flav I can't make this game I'd like you to have my ticket yeah. so you're a One Hotspur member so I'd add you to my network plus. One Hotspur Plus member why are you paying the anyway well, I, I've been I've been doing I've been <laughs> doing, doing it I've been doing it for 12 years yeah no I've yeah. had I've just pay, been paying 50 quid for the privilege of getting one day having a season ticket mm. I get offered and I didn't want it at Wembley there we go and then, exactly and then my circumstances have changed this year and I, I didn't but then I just thought oh I'll just keep paying just it just keep it yeah. in fairness it's, I, about, I, it's about a five pound differential isn't well, it well and I do Yes, I do get that little window of just a thousand tickets. Oh, it's um, more than that now. I'll come up to that in a minute. Okay. Exclusive for you. Okay. Actually, right, before so we go on, can you uh, let me know about 10 minutes before that goes live, the ticket exchange? Just text me saying it's about to go live. Get <laughs> and on I'm going to know. Well, oh, yeah. Is it Ian? Yeah. yeah. You sort that out as long as no one's listening, right? You, as long yeah, as no one's listening. No one's, you text Ian, they'll text you and you text me and I'll be on there first. We'll be on it. Yeah, you know, Ian will have nothing better to do than just to WhatsApp us and go, it's going live, kids. Does he, uh, write, does he listen to the pod? You know, you know that's a... uh, he, he probably does listen to the pod. Hi, Ian. Ian, come on, mate. I spent eight years doing this for nothing. <laughs> All I'm looking for is ten minutes. <laughs> a ten minute leeway. <laughs> Super. So ticket share mm. is a way of gifting your ticket to someone else on your network yeah. um, so can you add anybody to your network right know. so I believe that you would need to create uh, an account for them mm-hmm. but I don't think they have to actually pay any money for that so, so they just saying, need so to be on Spurs' system and have a CRN yeah and then you should be able to link to them anyone yes that's what I believe although um, keen readers 
will know that they haven't actually published all the operational details yet. And we've been promised sight of that to sense check it to make sure that we understand it mm-hmm. and that all the details there and that it all you know flows. Um, that should be coming through to us tonight, which is Tuesday um, or Wednesday, and then going live soon after. So About fifteen minutes after it comes to us, probably yeah, probably fifteen minutes after. Yeah, then that's yeah. what we give you the heads that's up, lads. Like. Exactly. So, but I, that's what I understand. But I, I can't. Don't kill me because no. I need the full detail on that first. No, fair enough. So fair there, enough. Are, there are two. So they're your two official ways of passing tickets. The only other official way of buying tickets is via one of the travel partners. So Thomas Cook Sport, for example, they'll do their match and hotel break packages and all that stuff. That's it. Mm. If you go on the Spurs website in the ticketing section, there is a whole raft of unauthorised ticket sellers. I've seen that, yeah. StubHub is now one of those, yeah. which is a source of great joy Live for tickets us. tickets are claiming they've got 433. Right. So this is the point. We have consistently, over the past, I don't know, five, six years, said to the club, you need to better articulate what happens to those illegally listed tickets that are massively above face value, because it is illegal to sell on a ticket for a football match above face value in this country. It is illegal. Yes, it is. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. uh, Since when? Since the law was passed. (laughs) Amanda Jacks will give you the actual act. Well, that that was part of the fuss about StubHub, because StubHub, it's illegal unless you sign an official deal with somebody to say you're allowed to do that. Uh, And that was one of the arguments against StubHub, was basically that because they've given the clubs some money, what is illegal has now become acceptable. Fair enough. Yeah, so the tickets listed on those sites either are fakes, yeah. they don't exist, they're duplicates. And that and does happen a lot, that the club has to deal with people turning up where they say, here's my ticket, I've got a paper ticket, it's like, sorry, that's not actually a real ticket, mm. it's a very clever forgery, or sometimes not a very clever forgery. Or it's a duplicate, if you're a one-off fan, how do you know what a ticket looks like? Someone mm. sent it to you, there's your ticket, great, you know, give me 300 quid or 4,000 yeah. quid. Did or you see is. the... Oh, oh, and and uh, basically, we will always... Well, I don't want, to want, want us to sound like we're grasses. But if something's really blatant, and we've been sent a lot of traffic on Twitter from, like you said, Live Nation, £450, whatever, whatever, mm. maybe more than that. Of course we're going to pass it on to the ticket office. And of course we're going to pass it on to the lawyers and go, look at this, guys. Because if it is an illegal listing, if it is a fake ticket, if they can get them removed, then the San Francisco mm. team do that. And when we were in our last board to board meeting, Ian, the head of ticketing, hello again, Ian, uh, was going to try and work with the other Premier League clubs to do like a class action because it's not just us this happens to, yeah, and it is completely wrong. However, I fully admit you have got some chances amongst our fan base, like mm. any club does, who take the piss and they completely take the piss out of their fellow fans as well, and that's not on. Like that gentleman, what's his name? I can't remember. Uh, he, he wanted to sell his ticket for was it six hundred quid each? Uh, yeah, and he, he, put it it on, he put it under his own name, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that probably found its way back to the ticket office. And the minute it's under someone's own name, there was a guy for the finale yeah. put it on LinkedIn, and I think he wanted a thousand pounds each for two tickets. Guess what happened to him? He lost his Lifetime ticket. ban and a termination. Yeah. So this happens a lot. But to also the people fa- who fans do are that. putting this stuff up as well now that people are getting called out you've seen it on social media yeah. especially if it's people's own names as well they're calling about or they're saying like, is this account you know don't go there and, yeah. and in the end you know that uh, of course people are desperate to buy tickets and you said people are going to look for something as well but you have to say that in the end if you don't buy the tickets the market isn't there so if you're buying a ticket on that market you're encouraging people to put the tickets on well that yeah I mean and this, I had a conversation with um uh, one of the guys who were part of the 30% Patreon group mm. that the Fighting Fox set up 
and he's uh, he's from the US and he had absolutely no chance of getting to the last game of the season and he had an opportunity for to, to buy one at a massively inflated price uh, and he did it because you know how else was he, he going to get there and that kind of we had a back and forth yeah. I said he shouldn't have done because he's sort of kind of supporting the problem but for, for a lot of people Kind of, they just you know they're looking at ways that for them yeah. to experience the thing. Kind of events that, around. You the can't point. get round it. People say, "It's all right for you, Martin. You've got a season ticket, so you're going to be in there." Mm. Uh, and I completely accept that. But the fact remains that if people didn't buy tickets at you know twenty, thirty, forty, fifty times their face value, then there wouldn't be a market. Yeah, you've absolutely. Uh, there's no way to look. get around that. It's just a no. fact. And as somebody who spends an awful lot of time campaigning for cheaper tickets and more mm. accessible tickets, particularly the away tickets with a thirty-pound price mm. cap, I am. It really personally upsets me when people take the piss yeah. so badly and want you know ten times, twenty times that amount of money. Yeah. No, stop it. And it's completely people wrong. are willing to pay. The club look at it and go, "Well, we're actually undercharging." That's what they might look. You see, I think that the, the whole, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the club's point of view at the moment is that nothing's price sensitive, that price is irrelevant. Mm. And the issue that we have is I know Palace is a category B game, fair enough, but the category A matches that are coming up, the West Ham, for example, mm. all the A cats sell out quickest and they're the most in demand because yeah. they're the most attractive opposition and they're normally the highest profile games they're also the most expensive mm. so that's mm. always something that they throw back at you and yeah. also what you guys are doing and I kind of admire it always have is that you, you're, you're working and trying as, as much as you can to force the club to act like it's membership based like this isn't a complete capitalist uh, supply demand model at our football club and I'm sure they've got an interest in the football team doing well I feel that they've got a bigger interest in uh, the, the kind of the bottom line, the, the amount of money they can make, and I don't blame them. I understand mm. that the, the people don't buy football mm. clubs because they, unless you're a kind of trillionaire mm. where the money doesn't give you any happiness anymore and glory does, mm. then that's a great situation for you to be in there. But in our instance, the way Levy runs a club is he's got shareholders to mm. please, and they will never run the club like football fans want them to. And when fans are getting onto you guys saying. Can you know what? What are you doing? What, you're in an incredible position where you're able to talk to them as supporters. The fact that you're even allowed to do that, or, or given mm. um, a, a platform to do that, is remarkable to me. Because if I was Daniel Levy, I'd be going, I, I don't want to talk to you. You'd cause problems for me. I'm not sure. It, I'm not sure it necessarily <laughs> does, but uh, yeah, and we've got ourselves in a position that they have recognised that they do need to have that that, that dialogue with the fans. Why? They, well, they're well. also told to mm. because it's a Premier League recommendation on the back of the expert working group yeah. findings. And the Premier League would do what exactly. If they did. Nothing. Uh, so they well, they won't they won't shut stands or, like, or deduct on, points. On, but it is a it is a big thing for them. They're going to have to you know, prove that the, they the, are the, engaging the, in dialogue with their fans. Mm. The push for years was that fans should have some representation on the board and what a lot of the fan groups have been pushing for is, is for that to be almost like a condition of a football club having a licence, that you have to have some kind of fan representation at board level, some kind of interest, because using all the buzzwords, you know, the fans are an important stakeholder in a club and it's back to this whole thing of like, yes, it's a business, but you're not going to stop supporting Spurs and go and support Arsenal in the same way that it changed from Tesco to Sainsbury's. You know that analogy that we've used all the time yeah. as well. So you know that's that's it. There was a push for quite a long time for there to be government legislation which required that. Obviously, we've had successive governments that aren't in favour of intervening, and also football clubs don't want that either. So the last expert working group that was set up by the government essentially said to the clubs, "This is your last chance. Either you voluntarily sit down and have some kind of conversation with your fans, or we're going to have to think about really getting heavy with you." 
Now, whether they would have done that or not mm. is, you know, that's that's another discussion. But that's that's where this comes from at the moment. Yeah. I think that genuinely Spurs said, okay, we can see the value in having some kind of conversation. Um, I think a lot of the time we'll sit in a meeting and, uh, you know, some people don't look like they want to be there, um, if we're going to be honest about it. Uh, and I think I didn't think they, I made it that obvious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also, you know, sometimes it's like there's there's almost say oh, you don't know what you're talking about. There's a real difference. There's a, there's a real gulf in experience. We'll mm. put something across and they'll look at us as if we are completely insane. Do you reckon, like when Daniel Levy kind of goes times we have a very positive discussion? Yeah. yeah. Daniel Levy kind of goes to bed. He's had a tough day. No doubt, he has many many tough days. I don't um, think he goes to bed. Yeah. No, I, I don't think he sleeps. Twenty four hours a day. Yeah, but I imagine for. For my purpose, for just just to benefit, like humanly, okay. humanly, he goes to bed, um, and in the morning he wakes up and he rolls out of his silk sheets, and he's just got a g-string on. Oh on mate! The, he puts <laughs> he puts it, he puts his tiny little feet on the floor, <laughs> and he goes, "Fuck's sake, got the fucking trust meeting tonight." <laughs> You're probably right. That's, yeah. that's probably about right. Actually, probably yeah. about right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can yeah. do without that. I'm trying to build a, a massive stadium. Yeah, yeah. I've got. I've Who got, are these people? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. No, you're probably right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we, we try our best to be as well informed as possible ahead of those meetings. And I think one point that I've tried to stress, and we try to stress particularly lately, is that the board-to-board meetings that get so much media coverage and blah, blah, they're not the sole touch point of our relationship with the club. You know, we talk to them on a daily basis, including at board level. And so to get into those meetings, so much work has gone on beforehand. So in fairness, they probably do know our positions on most things by the time we get into the meeting, because we'll have already had discussions with either departmental heads or other members of the, of the board. And you're not going to have a detailed discussion with the chief executive or the chairman of any company. It's not a granular session like at that all. As well. So it's, it's, some yeah. of it is a little bit set piece and some of it is just that it's like, you know, okay, what's the general policy here as well? Uh, and some of it is a ch- you know it's a chance for fans to that's the focal point for a lot of fans. Yeah. Well, okay, we do get to talk to the board, and whether they think there's much use is made of that as it could be isn't a discussion. But you know, Cat's point is right that there is contact going on. You know, that rarely a day goes past without us talking to somebody at the club, yeah. you know, head of department or whatever, with something that's gone on. And you know, again, you've seen the amount of traffic that we get, getting people kind of contacting us left and right. Yeah. So there's always an issue somewhere. And all we would just ask for the people who are very kindly still listening is just read the stuff that we put out. Mm. You know, we really pride ourselves yeah. on, on being hot on the communications front. So we do a monthly newsletter that comes out normally the first day or the, either the first day of the new month or the last day of the, you know, the old month. Um, and our website, we, we put as much statement and comment piece up there as we possibly can. Um, so just please read because we do find that we repeat ourselves an awful lot on Twitter especially and that is just exhausting Mm. you know we don't want to bang the we do this alongside full time jobs because people just get annoyed and say well you shouldn't have put yourself up then Um, but we do this alongside full time jobs and if you can just help us by just taking the time to read what we write then we all go in from a more educated point of view and I, I mean, think I that's really important. We try and use, and what we're doing, the, the, the newsletter will come out next week at the moment, and we're, we're, we're going to try and explain in the detail that we've gone into here about you know what's happening with ticketing, what our position is on various things, how ticket share is going to work, how exchange is going to work, and that's there for people to look at. 
you know, we, we do it for, to try and help but, people. Yeah, but we've also said, Martin, haven't we, that we, it gets quite frustrating for us because I think because we're in so deep in all this yeah. and there is so much detail and, you know, we've got years of experience now that we can perhaps see things coming a little bit quicker than your, your general fan on the street. Mm. But we need them to get up to speed because there are times that we need backing mm. in the moment, not 18 mm. months later when everyone's caught up with well, our thought okay, process. Well, what's, yeah. what's a good example of that? Match day pricing being exactly announced. Right. We've been banging on about you, you, you need to announce match day pricing at the same time as you announce the season ticket pricing. People going, well, what's all that about? You know, I, I don't see that the season ticket prices are that expensive bearing in mind what the stadium is blah 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 well you remember the don't price me out campaign yeah, and you got the so. lads in didn't you to talk about the issues at the Man City game yeah, so yeah, a few yeah. of our, our lads put up a couple of flags which was basically don't price me out against the season ticket pricing that had been announced then yeah. um, and it ended up with blue on blue with other fans going well I don't see anything wrong with the season ticket pricing yeah. get the bloody flag down and all the rest of it well, we that's put, not we, good no I mean we put a poll out asking about selling tickets at inflated prices and it was like it works out 15 in every 100 said there's no issue over selling so this is a worry mm-hmm. and like although you know 85 is a clear mm-hmm. majority it's still 15 is a massive problem of course it is so sorry Martin please yeah. just do finish making that point because it's important well no yeah so the season ticket if you're paying well I mean we've got figures in front of us uh, I, I'm, this, is, this is my price I'm paying £975 for a season ticket and think okay well you know that's the price of football and that's it okay that season ticket gets me into 19 home Premier League games right so say we have a cup run say we're in the Champions League uh, again next year that's three group games maybe we have a cup run um, category A ticket for my uh, seat £62 category B ticket £52 category C £42 so say we have a category A, B and C game in the Champions League a couple of games in the League Cup maybe category C it's going to be another 50% right, yeah. you're talking quid yeah. on top of the price of your season ticket which is exactly why we're making a fuss this week the penny started to drop for a lot of people. Have you seen how much they're charging for the City Court the quarter final? Yeah, seventy five. Yeah, well, well it's, it's up to ninety eight pounds. It's up to ninety eight pounds you could be charging. And this is on top of your expensive season ticket as well. Yeah. Which is exactly why we were making the point that we made when some people were saying you've been overly negative, you don't understand the economics all of those months ago, but it's now too late because that's the prices. And, and we, need, we needed the backing 18 months prices, ago. Yeah. They, they, if they'd have put the match day pricing much lower, they'd understandably have been uproar from season to get holders and saying, well, why am I paying more for my seat than these people who are if, you know, paying effectively less to come yeah. into the cup games? But again, like, with supply and demand, if people if they're filling the stadium, they don't need to address these issues. Do you know what they flag? I think year, they yeah. will fill the stadium, undoubtedly. And I don't want what I said earlier to come across as me not being sympathetic to the issues um, and you know the concerns of One Hotspur members. Obviously, I massively appreciate that a lot of people are disappointed that they didn't get tickets in those two windows, mm. and that was always going to be the case. But it won't it won't be that way forever because it won't sustain itself. Everything's cyclical in football. Yeah. So even something will happen on field yeah. that will mean the demand goes down yeah. or mm. the novelty of the stadium will wear off or people's financial reality will kick in. Mm. So I worry about the long-term sustainability of that pricing policy, yeah. but I'm absolutely confident that every one of those one hotspot mm. members who's got her today is going to get a ticket for a game yeah, in the not-too-distant future. Tell me about the uh, 1882 corporate section in the middle of the... Oh, what do I know about that? What is it sold out? 
uh, why has it sold out or has it, it has, sold has out? It sold out yeah. As far as yeah, I know, no probably, probably no. We, I mean, we've asked that question on numerous occasions. I mean, we'll see against Palace when it's sold out. But, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, people seeing, are going to be going crazy if they're seeing there. that they were ringing anyone who'd ever expressed any interest in a premium mm. seat. Then I presume it yeah. sold out. Mm. You've got a theory on it, haven't you, Martin? Well, but, well, well, number one, the first we heard about it was when they uh, they announced that they were doing it, so there was no consultation uh, on that at all. I wonder why that was. I think they it knew, was a last-minute decision. Yeah, they, they knew how unpopular it would be, mm. um, and that's it. That they, they were trying to knock those tickets out to people uh, right at the last minute. I don't think it's gone down very well. Personally, I think that what will happen, knowing the club as I do, is that over the next few years, it will gradually disappear from view. So it will almost be like the cheese room. It was never really there in the first place. So there, there was never any plan? Was it just a kind of corporate offering to, that they were going to give cheese? Is, what, why did they... Why did they let so there many was, fans oh, take the piss out there, so there, long? There was, a, there was a line in an interview, I think, and somebody, there was somebody who there said would it. be premium cheese, uh, and that, that then became the cheese room and, uh, yeah. and whatever. Yeah. Is the, uh, that, do you remember the feature? Uh, is it kind of, if you're paying a certain amount a year, you get the kind of glass... Tunnel Club. Tunnel yeah. Club, yeah. Is that, is that there? Yeah. The, it is, but apparently, and I only read this the other day, that because they've got one at, um, at the Etihad at, at Man yeah. City yeah. Yeah, as well, and apparently well, the players were doing their hair in it as oh, well. Right. So this was kind of disturbing the, you know, the kind of the... Uh, <laughs> the, the, the uh, yeah. Oh, no way. <laughs> People paid all that money to go in there as well, so... Um, we had a question. We've got two more and then we've done. Um, only two, blimey. Well, unless <laughs> we've been going for nearly 50 minutes or so. Um... So you, you love this professionalism. Go make, <laughs> go make a cup of tea out there in listener land. Um, yeah. <laughs> Put a kettle on. We'll be back in a minute. Someone from the Patreon group asked, uh, was there any aspect of the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, new stadium, that you weren't aware of in terms of the kind of finishing touches that you walked in and kind of just blew you away or you were aware of what was going on inside the stadium? No, I mean, um, Martin and I went to the South Stand familiarisation event in December. Mm. And going into that, that event... Was Lee Evans, sorry. Was it Lee, the mm. Lee Evans? I don't know. Okay. Maybe. Hi, Lee. Uh, going into the familiarisation event in December, I wasn't that excited. And I think it's because, as we've seen over the past two days, we just get everyone's moans. Mm. So once you've... And that's fine. Look, we're here to represent fans. And fans don't need representing if everything's going well. Mm. So by the very nature of what we do, fans are going to get in touch with us when they've got a problem. And so there's an issue. But it can get a little bit draining when you're carrying everyone's moans and everyone's gripes and everyone's bugbears around with you which is what happens when you do what we do so going to that event in December I was like oh please God let it be nice because yeah. I just can't imagine the fallout if yeah. it's not so I was more apprehensive than excited and that whole thing blew my mind mm -hmm. the first time I walked into Marketplace which is the South Stand like you know event space a catering space and the beaver town brewery and going up the steps and seeing my the pitch for the first time in like the completed arena mm. was like you were a little kid again when you first went up the steps at white hart lane and yeah. first saw that grass and how you felt when like, every hair stood up on your head and you were so sodding excited it felt like that again but as an adult yeah. so when That's i went incredible. in there it was amazing and and when i went and when he came out you just felt like you were back in tottenham i, I, I found it overwhelming and really quite emotional yeah. because i'd done that in december when i went in like last weekend 
I didn't get the same wow because I, I knew I'd seen it already, yeah. but there were so many other touches that I that weren't either there then or that I was able to explore because obviously the South Stand event was just the South Stand. So I could now wander around right the way around the West, right the way around the East, hence finding the East mm. Bar, the Shelf Bar with the premium vodka. Um, and it's it's lovely. So I, I, I know, you know, I think Daniel said in our board-to-board meeting, it takes eight hours to walk around every part of that stadium. So that'll be the lounges and boxes as well. So the rest of us won't ever get the chance to do that. But it is vast. So there's going to be stuff that we've no idea about that we don't know we've no idea about. Do you know what I mean? Can I, can I ask you what uh, safeguarding you've got in place for when we don't get the safety t- certificate? <laughs> <laughs> no, mate. <laughs> Could you imagine that? <laughs> well, we did, we did think about that. Like, not enough Spurs fans turn up and so delay the opening of their own stadium. You know, that would have been a good one. <laughs> and, so, uh, and I think probably Danny would have had a reason to be pretty pissed yeah. off, actually, then. So. Um, Matthew Borman said, how did, yeah, how did they first get in, um, involved in the trust? And did they call Levy, Levy Danny Boy, Mr. Daniel's son, Mr. Levy, or just Daniel? Daniel. Daniel. You don't say Dan every time? Dan. Danny? No, I mean, I've... Well, I'm usually kind of scattering rose petals in front of him when he comes into the room, aren't I, as well? So, you know, you've got to pay the, this kind of right amount of respect and everything. <laughs> well. so, so, I mean, you've got a longer history with the trust than me, Mark. Well, yes. Yeah, but, well, I, I joined. I joined the trust in two thousand and one when when the trusts were st- first started to be formed. Um, and but I kind of wasn't really involved for for a variety of different reasons. And I kind of ended up getting more involved because I've always uh, not been slow in putting my opinions forward. And I think sometimes rather than just talking about stuff, you've got to get on and do it. Absolutely. So that's kind of how I got involved. But I've been involved with the Independent Supporters Association for a while before I was at the meeting in Tottenham Sports Centre when Billy Nick came along during the whole Venables and Sugar thing as well and so um, you know it kind of goes back quite a few years I've always thought the fans should have a bit of a voice so yeah. that's what I did you, you came in I, a different route yeah you? I mean I've been a trust member for quite some time but a dormant member I'd never done anything I don't think I'd ever been to a meeting really um, and then it was Darren Alexander mm-hmm. who I met who had been heavily involved with the trust for about seven years at that point and he'd left because at that stage there, well, there wasn't really a disagreement. The, 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 the board of the trust at that point didn't take a position on Stratford. And he was massively against moving to Stratford. They were generally so, nodding dogs, weren't they? It's not going to benefit me to make any comment either way. That's why. And there were some very good people who were involved in the trust. I think and, it was and, and quite frustrated yeah. that they didn't do more than they could have done. And I think their, their position was that, that you know some fans think... It goes back to, you know, how do you take a position? And they said, some fans think we should go to Stratford, some fans think we shouldn't, so we can't really take a position. And I think at some stage you have to say, some things are so important, you do have to take a position. And some I think that's what you're elected for us. as well. I mean, so, really so, agree, let kick us For out. example, at the moment, um, the club and TfL are in discussions about renaming White Hart Lane train station. Yeah, I've seen that. So yeah. this is a, a perfect example of how we would take a position on this. It's not something that is that nuanced that your average fan can't understand what the question is. So, you know, you're going to get... It's a fairly binary, yes yes or no, yes, I agree to it being changed, no, I don't. Um, And we've got the mechanism in place to reach all of our members and more through our social media reach, through our survey work, through direct, you know, email marketing, whatever... We'll just put the question out there. And we've done it in the last two surveys that we've run over the last two years. So we know that only 12% 
of our members and the wider fan base are in favour of that train station being renamed, mm. even if it's renamed Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. Yeah, we don't want that. Right, exactly. So that's when we would but, put but it out there and do. we would take a mandate because only 12% agree with it. 68% are in massive opposition and the rest don't care. So that's a huge majority. 68% is only 70% yeah, of our fans who don't want that to happen. So that's an easy one for us. As a trust board, we then have our mandate and we have to you know, reflect that and echo that. There'll be things that are so nuanced or so sensitive or you will need access to information that we can't put in the public domain mm. that as an elected board of directors, which is what we are, we make the decision. And we are fully accountable for those decisions. And if we make the wrong call and our members aren't happy, they can vote us out. It's mm. complete democracy. But there are times that we will need to retain a, you know, a director's position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah no, understood. And uh, on that, I mean, the, I don't know. I, I understand what the club are doing. They want to eventually rebound the stadium. They don't want it to be called White Hart Lane. It's not in their best interest for, for that to stick because once it's stuck, it ain't going anywhere regardless if you put Nike... McDonald's or Sainsbury's or whatever it is so I understand what, why they want to do that but the fact is it won't really make much difference it really won't if like just the stadium like leave you've done a great job an incredible job <clears throat> and, and there's, there's kind of cultures around the club that you can leave and carry favour with, with, with fans by just leaving them well alone just let it be called White Hart Lane we don't want to follow Arsenal's footsteps by changing Gillespie Road to Arsenal we do not want to do that we don't want to Personally, be known Personally I couldn't agree more were you the, not the, part the, of the Gillespie Road Liberation Fund? Uh, when I used to live over that part of the road, there was that. Well, uh, you know, I, I I knew people who were involved with the uh, Gillespie Road Liberation <laughs> Front, you know, and uh, but yeah, that's incredible. Asking anyway. for a friend. Yeah. Uh, Billy Brennan finally says, uh, "No question, just can I? Uh, can you pass on genuine thanks for all the, all the work you do? I know they tend to get a hell of a lot of unwarranted abuse, but some of us, our fans, really appreciate. It. Oh, Thank that's you. so and, cute! And also, look, we should say as well, we've kind of had a bit of a moan, uh, maybe justifiably in the past, but but you know, fairly recently, there's been a bit of an uptick in people actually bothering to get in touch, either coming up to us personally or writing in or whatever and saying thank you. Mm. So we don't do it for the thanks, but it is nice. So thank you, Billy, mm. for, for saying that and thank you to the people that have, that have backed us up. And, uh-huh. like, you know, it's important for us to know that we have got some backing. Yeah, yeah. of course. And I, I mean, I don't... I, I was completely oblivious to the trust, really. I... I, I uh, about... I might have told you this before, but about 10 years ago, I wrote a strongly worded email to the trust no, I don't know this. Go on. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was to Daniel Wynn. Okay. If he was the chair at the time. He was. He well, he was a chair. So. Yeah. And I was just really angry that I thought that um, that they spoke from... I would have been one of the pricks that sent you... You don't speak for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Who, who do you fucking think you are? You don't talk for me. I'm fucking Spurs. You're just some bloke who's got kind of joined this thing and gets us all to the club. And uh, I look back now fucking ashamed. <laughs> And, uh, you know, you live and learn, though, don't you? And I, I just want to say thank you again for doing all the work you do because I couldn't do it and wouldn't do it. And uh, You absolutely well, could do it, but... You put in a fair amount of effort yourself you do, in building this as well. No, so, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, I've, that's I've, enabled I've, us to get the message out as well. Yeah, so I, I did appreciate it. And my, my big... Bloody happy clapper party, this is <laughs> My big take-out from this is that we, we need an active membership. Yeah. We need our fans to get behind us. Cause we are fans. Yeah. We don't think we're anything special. Yeah. We don't get... We actually don't... We did get biscuits this... This Sunday at the ladies' game, oh, but we don't even funny. get biscuits. We that get no, you know we pay for our own tickets. We get <laughs> no benefit of this at all. How many members are there now? 
About 11,500? Yeah, we represent 11,500, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so... And we'd like more. Mm, I did, but in fairness, a, a trust is a, is a niche organisation. You don't get that, that many massive trusts. That, that's got but to be one of the bigger ones in, it in, is. in, in the... It is, and we're one of the most active nationally as well, on a national Are you still stage. in your FA role? I'm not, I'm not an FA councillor anymore. Um, it was 15 days annual leave last year, so oh, it was not sustainable just, a long just time before. Just Did but, you walk in and go, this is I was actually really nice to them because we were still playing at Wembley. I needed yeah, some wins there, so I got a bit of a Wembley 60 times you worked there. Like 60 times. You're mad. You are mad. Yeah. Of course, yeah, but mad. I am I'm a Premier League rep on the Unified Football Supporters Organisation now. Good. So I sit on their national council and I'm one of the three Premier League reps. So I'm still keeping my hand in at national level so I can advance her, you know, the, the top you play very as well. Because well, you're the only Premier League rep not called Dave. I am, yeah. I have called Dave. called Dave and everything. So we say thank you for the Daves. Thank you for Cat. Exactly. So, no, basically, please do try and join if you can and just stay up to speed with the comms that we put out there. We're doing it for your benefit and we need a well-educated and informed fan base to help us as well if you do put together any kind of uh, literature or, or kind of movement around the kind of renaming of the station then we'll be well up right so great so it's a public consultation stage very shortly and we'll be launching an objection mm. so we want some backing on that so that's great we'll, okay. we'll come back to you can i just do one other thing which is um website thstofficial.com uh, and forward slash membership to join um you can join for free as an associate member or you can pay as a tenner a year as an adult which helps with keeping the organization going basically and we've got a quiz on the 25th of april at the antwerp oh, saw that, yeah. in tottenham we did it last year you tweeted us saying get a team together mate honestly we did it last year and it was i'm not joking the highlight of the trust year it was better than the barbecue so when is it it was amazing 25th of April 25th of April it's and such a what, crack what, what day is that it's a Thursday, Thursday night. night it's been hosted by Crackers Richard um, Crack really yeah, yeah. yeah he's, so. he's a great host and he's how many, how many people do we need uh, teams of five or you can go as individuals and we'll yeah. make you up with some other people the Spurs show is going to be there I don't know I mean, we, 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 we tweeted we're, them. Try, we're trying to call it on between all the different podcasts didn't yeah, you say that you had some Arsenal fans well there might be an Arsenal team an Arsenal team can't yeah. win on Spurs yeah. questions that would be horrendous yeah. well they so. should be in the building <laughs> well, wait, hang on, what, well there's, there's, there's a connection there's a connection so you know <laughs> well, I, I um, an Arsenal fan who used to play football with Glenn Hoddle and I think you might know who I'm talking about so. Arsenal fan that used to play what Ian Wright <laughs> that's what yeah. no <laughs> who is it Mark I, Leach okay Possibly. But yeah, please do get involved, guys. And, no, and yeah. all of our listeners. And it's, um, it's raising money for Studio 306 Collective, who are one of our nominated charities. Excellent. They're based in Tottenham as well, yeah. aren't they? So, well, Wood Green. So, yes. If, um, if Spurs show are there, I'm going to come tooled up. That's all I'm saying. All right, mate. Mm. I think you're going to need to, mate, I tell you. You reckon? Yeah. Well, they've got quite a tasty firm. Have they? They're out on the other part of London tonight, actually. They are, yeah. They're they they called me earlier on this afternoon and they were trying to get me down there. I said, no, I'm, I'm with the fighting cock, you know. God bless so you. It's already God the bless you, started, mate. mate, as well. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, thank you. And, and it's a really wanted you because someone talked out the last minute. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.
Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. This summer, when you're on the go, stay connected to what matters most with access to over 3 million Cox Wi-Fi hotspots. Learn more at cox.com. Ask Ashley the Podcast is sponsored by Cox. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.